Welcome to the Hard Parking Podcast Archive. What you're listening to is Season 1, Episodes 1 through 8. Had co-host Brando Barameda. Neither one of us were using a microphone, so we were basically talking into the phone. My typical recording location was in a hotel room as I travel for work. Some of the episodes I was recording at my house downstairs in an open room. So the audio is everywhere. We're both on one channel. I had not yet learned to record on a split channel. If you want to fast forward to season one, episode nine, that's when I essentially went solo for the most part, started bringing on guests. Just keep that in mind. Please enjoy the archived episodes. Again, season one, episodes one through eight. Wanted to give special thanks to Matt Slouster and the rest of the Accurate Marketing team for allowing my friends and I to come to the special Accurate Type S concept reveal in Monterey, California during Monterey Car Week last week. Thanks again. Welcome back to the Hard Parking Podcast. This is the special Monterey edition, and I am sitting in the hotel room with two of my good friends, Eric and Yoshi. What's up? Yo. <laughs> so Eric, Pasha. Pasha, right? Pasha. Pasha. I've known you for how long, and you still can't pronounce my last name correctly. So we've all known each other for, well, I'll just say five years is how long I've lived in Phoenix. I haven't known you guys a full time. If you hear anything in the background, it's because it's Yoshi doing his thing. Sorry. So they are part of my official Phoenix crew, solid crew, because, you know, we're not just friends with cars. We're friends with cars. Yeah. So we don't just, just meet friends. together and yeah, we're just friends. Yeah. So we don't, we don't get together and hang out and just talk about our cars. We just, you know, we met through our vehicles and we hang out. So Eric has also, um, well, tell me a little about yourself because we were yeah. very similar in our in our upbringing. Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, we, uh, so uh, good to meet everybody. Uh, it's the first time I'm on your podcast. Uh, so um, You're our first guest. First guest. How about or, that? Yeah. More like a co-host. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I appreciate you asking me to be on. Um, yeah, so I've been I've been into cars for since I was you know a little kid, just like most of the people that probably are listening to your podcast. Um, All six of you, thank you very much. Yeah. By the way, for your loyalty, please like, share, six. subscribe, tell your friends. Six people, though, man. Yes. Your, your wife, your kids, <laughs> and then us, right? Two of us that are in here. I don't think the kids will ever listen um, to this podcast. Uh, I, uh, so long story short, I, I run a uh, clothing brand based on uh, motorsports and cars that celebrate the 80s and 90s. Uh, we call it Last Era Brand. So we, what, is, uh, what is Last Era? Why do you call it Last Era? Uh, we call it Last Era primarily because we are focused on the era of motorsport and cars of when I grew up. I grew up in the 80s and 90s. Um, so for me, the 80s and 90s... Um, are the nostalgic eras and periods for cars. And now that I'm a, a bit older and we're a bit older, um, I think there's a lot of people who are like us who um, kind of romanticize about that kind of period of growing up and, and the love they had for cars when they were kids. Yeah, people can't let go of their past. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so that's that's last era brand and that's, uh, yeah, that's that's a little bit about me. So we both had Acura Integras, yes, because we shared these stories. I had two Integras. I had a G GSR, a DC2, and then what was the one that was before that called? I forget the, the name of the body. But oh, anyway, just G2. it was a G2 yeah. GSR. Yeah, G2 GSR. That's the one with the GS-R. Yeah. Yeah, so I took, I bought one of those from, from my goods in Acura, and I removed the GSR badge off my DC2, and I put that one on there. <laughs> Really? Yeah, and I painted the little R. Yeah, it was pretty dope at the time. It would be yeah. a little ricey now, but it looked cool. You know, yeah, it man, it's, it was a cool car. I mean, it was, it was it was like the first JDM car that I had growing up, or cars that I had growing up, and I love absolutely love. I still love them, right? They're still amazing. So, were you into the JDM conversion front end? Because I was like the shit in the late nineties. I was into it, but I could never afford it at that time. Yeah. You know, I kind of always lusted for a JDM front end. So I opted for um, the cheaper non-JDM front-end stuff, like Wings West uh, and... Irabini. 
<laughs> yeah, stuff that was available that I could get for a couple hundred bucks. Um, but still kind of looked decent, right? Now, did you get your car stolen? Because you were like in Midwest, no, right? No, I was one of the uh, few that didn't who, get who, who got their car stolen? It was my brother. Well, your brother. Both my brothers. My brother-in-law and my brother both got their GSR stolen. Two different periods of time. From each other, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got rid of, I actually uh, got rid of the GSR and, and I bought an E36 M3. So that's that's kind of when I got into the European cars. Got right it. after the GSRs, I bought the E36. That was your gateway vehicle. Yeah, that was like the first European Have car. Have you had a JDM since? That's a good question. I don't think I have. You fucking sell out. Yeah, yeah. I need to get back back into the game. But do you though? Because there's a lot of stuff going on. So when I met this guy, he had a nine nine six. Nine nine six turbo. Turbo. Yeah, and you've done some stuff to it. Yeah, it's fun. It was a good. It was a good car. Did a little bit to it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're here in Monterey. So we're just going to recap our weekend. You know, we uh, met up with Yoshi at the airport, and we all flew together, sit together. Actually, we didn't sit together, but we're <laughs> on the same plane, so it all worked out. We are in uh, Salinas. I think if I were to do this again, it's a little further out than I thought. Yeah, Salinas is far out, man. I stayed here uh, a couple months ago when we were at Rensport, and I didn't realize how far away it is from, mm-hmm. from all the stuff that's happening in Monterey. For those listening, if you plan to go to Monterey Car Week... It's not the worst thing. It's closer than Santa Cruz. So I booked this hotel in January and is now August. Everything else was either sold out or way too expensive. So food for thought, you need to start planning a year in advance. And it would be really sweet if you can land something in Monterey or Carmel or Carmel Valley. Um, but it's expensive. So Thursday night we got here. You know, our plane landed at 3.30. We got checked into the hotel. And which, by the way, it's fucking hotel. So I booked this thing in January, and we start reaching out to everybody. Say, hey, you know, we the more people you get, the cheaper it's going to be. So the thought was to double up on the room. We have a sofa bed. We can have people laying on the floor. You know, ideally, we wanted to get like eight people in this room. Which, which, by the way, I, I think we're too old for that. Like at this point, I know that that's kind of like the the thing to do in Monterey because everything's so damn expensive. Slumber party, bro. Yeah. <laughs> But it's a good thing that it's only three of us that are here because I don't know if I can handle seven or eight guys like back in oh, the day. Oh, totally. But the, the cost per would have been house. a lot nicer than it is or than it's going to be. So yeah. I'll, I'll make sure I bill you guys twice so it's like you guys are paying me to hang out this weekend. But also when you do a guy trip with that many guys and it's like a Monterey thing, like the fact that you have to get around with that many people, it just creates a whole different situation, right? Yeah, well, the thought was going to be that, you know, everybody come here and we're supplying, we're, we're, we're splitting up the cost of the room and then you're all in your fucking home. But again, I didn't realize it was so far. So anyway, so I got the, I, I booked in January a two bedroom suite with a sofa bed, which sleeps five to eight per the website. So there's only three of us. But at the time, the thought was for us, the sweet spot would be to get four to five would be the sweet spot. You know, the cost per person would have gone down, you know, three fifty, anywhere from two eighty to three fifty per person. And later on in the year, as we got closer to the event, I decided to check before I did the social media blast to say, Hey, everybody, we actually have some extra room, so if you want to come hang out with us, we can provide a place for you to sleep. That's it. But it's very expensive. So if you need a place to sleep, do it. So I went and checked on the app for the reservation and I was like, Whoa, what the fuck happened to the sofa sleeper? So I called the this residence in, so we're the residence in, in Salinas, so the residence in in Salinas, and they said, "Well, we're going, we're under a, a an intense remodel, and what we've decided to do is part of the remodel is to remove all the sofa sleepers from all the suites." I said, "Wait a minute!" So I bitched a little bit, didn't get what I wanted. Said, I got five to eight people coming. What am I supposed to do with all the people? And the, and they said, "Well, we can give you a full refund. Normally, we won't do we don't do that for this event. But we can give you a full refund." So I called around. I couldn't find another place to stay because every place is sold out. So I said, okay, well, I'll just keep the reservation. So fast forward to when we actually check in. We're here and come to find out we have a two-bedroom suite and a sofa sleeper. So we have everything we originally thought we had. So they fucked up. So we potentially may have you know, missed out on at least one other person, which would have reduced costs. And so Thursday we check in and we have to turn around really quick to get to the accurate events. This is a very, it's a smaller event. Um, which allows for a lot more, you know, networking and talking to other people, you know, that I've seen in the past and, and meeting new people. Um, the food was good. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was the amazing. drinks were good. 
it was amazing. We Yoshi and I, I think we had a we had a good time. Like we, I had never been to one of those kinds of events before. Accurate does it well, man. They, they do. do. It up. Yeah, they do it up. You know, they do it up. It's it really nice, man. And this is good for you and Yoshi because yeah. you guys have been together now for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yoshi not shaking his head over there. Yeah, not that kind not, of together. Not that kind of together. Yeah, I thought I'd throw that in Yoshi, there. Though. So what I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on the the Type S concept? Because the whole world is going crazy over this thing, and here we are, right there as they pull the covers back. We get to see it in person. Previously, we just saw it in photos. Yeah, it was dope. Um, it was first of all, it was cool to see the uh, the way that Acura was marketing this kind of big reveal. So it was kind of it was neat to see how they up 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 until the event how they were marketing it and then at the event even you know a few minutes before the event how they were kind of talking about this new concept and then actually revealing it uh, so there's a lot of good drama around it i thought that they did the presentation yeah. really well right first of all i thought i'd give them a lot of kudos for that and then when they pulled the, the covers off and you kind of saw the car it wasn't actually wasn't what i was expecting to be honest I thought it was going to be a two-door coupe. I thought it was going to be small, like an Integra. This thing is fucking huge, yeah. right? I thought it was going to be kind of, you know, vanilla, like kind of maybe stepped up incremental to what they're already doing today. So when I saw it and it was kind of a kind of sedan coupe and it was big, it was, it was really wide, huge wheels. The color was amazing, right? Double, I think they call it double apex blue or something like that. The light and the design was just something that I guess I wasn't expecting, so I thought I was pretty blown away by it. Yeah, I like the car too, and like kind of to echo what you said, I wasn't sure. I didn't know if it was going to be the size of an Integra. Yeah. You know, DC two Integra or an LS. You know, kind of a smaller yeah. Integra, the four door, or if it was going to be the size of an RS seven. And it's it's pretty freaking big. Um, beautiful lines. So the car that we saw was like they advertised. It's a pure concept. So underneath that is, you know, wood and some carbon and, you know, the wheels. You cannot tell. You can't and, tell. Like, these concepts are so good. Yeah, you can't tell at they all. They look so real. Like, they would drive off of that platform and you can just take it on the road. Yep. Uh, John Akeda was there. Um, um, the who's who in the Acura community. And then there's other celebrities walking around. And you actually get an opportunity. They don't they don't um, silo themselves. You get an opportunity to sit down and talk to anybody and everybody who's there. Um, and kind of get to know them. If you're someone like me that shows up every year and I'm the biggest nobody I know, then people start thinking I'm somebody, which is a fun thing. Everybody knew who you were, man. You were like, <laughs> uh, you're pretty well known over there. So it's kind of cool that you're connected into that, um, that whole world and that you're able to get, get access to, to events like this. Cause... I'm pretty lucky. It's because I know Tyson and Peter and, yeah. and those guys yeah, probably. Yeah, it's really neat to see, man. Yeah, so now I have this thing now. I have this reputation for this event of being pretty fucking dapper. So that's the expectation. And so I was talking to a guy named Mike, who is, I think he owns the company or he's a project leader of the company that Acura um, contracts out to do a lot of their media. And he was saying that, you know, some of the, his employees, people coming up like, who's that guy? He looks familiar. Well, it's familiar because I was there last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the year before. But, yeah. you know, for me, it was a bonus because now I can say, hey, Matt or DeAndre from CarCast, you know, or hey, Adam Carolla, one of my podcast idols and just idols in general has been there the last three years as well so now i can sit down you guys caught me on video and were calling me out a little bit yeah <laughs> but you know it's, it's it was nice. cool like i'm like i'm fucking i'm sitting down shooting the shit and telling him stories about my life and yeah. he was entertained by it a little bit or he humored me you know and then of course may lee bless may lee vice president of the nsxca miss purple so for those who know know those who don't won't and that's okay trust me but, you know, she'll, she hijacks because she's super excited. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, I need someone to take a photo. Hey, Rebecca, which is our friend, Rebecca Wynn. Shout out to Rebecca Wynn. So, hey, we take a photo of, you know, me and Corolla and, and Matt, the moderator. And she says yes. So then May sees it. She goes, oh, you want me to take a photo too, Jay? So she's kind of like jumping up and down. <laughs> like, seriously, she's jumping up and down behind Rebecca. I'm like, yeah, sure, May, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, she's like, okay, 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 good. And I like, kind of reach over and lean over to Adam. I'm like, hey, man, I'm, I'm sorry. Because this, <laughs> this happened two years ago, you know? Yeah. She just jumps in front of him and starts talking about the NSXCA and NS Expo and all this cool stuff we can do. And she did the same thing right. this year. Yeah. She whipped out 
the uh, NSX Driver magazine. She's like, this is Jay Finney. He has a, the Macross NSX. Da, da, da. Because Adam had asked me on Twitter once, what's up with the NSX? Yeah. And I thought it was the coolest thing. Now, listening to him, he was probably like, what the hell is up with this guy's fucking car? Yeah. But the fact that he asked me meant he looked at my profile. Right. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. You know, then I just told him earlier when I was talking to him, but... So she's showing him all this stuff in this magazine. She's like, oh, yeah, this is Jay. This is his car. Look, I did the interview. I did the... And he's like, yeah, I can do the math. You know, he kind of like slid that in there. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can do the math, you know. But, uh, yeah, so we had a great time there Thursday. And then afterwards, we went down to Carmel. Yeah, that's you know, cool. And, and one of the, the immediate thought for me is the last two times I've been out here, I've never actually been able to legit hang out. Last year, I was here for less than 24 hours. The first year, I was kind of wandering around by myself. I don't have any real friends. So this year, that's why I drafted you guys to come with me, so I didn't have to walk around looking like a bum the whole time. Yeah, but thanks for um, Yeah, yeah, of course. No, thank you for being you. I'll pay you guys later. Yeah, you know, So we got went down to Carmel, which I've never done before, and it was <clears> awesome. <throat> you know, we were walking around looking at the cars. Yeah, right? Carmel. Carmel's a pretty crazy place. Like, uh, just this little town, seaside town kind of not too far away from where, where we're posted up and just like a uh, kind of, you know, gathering of all the different cars during car week, like at various times of the day and at night, they just all kind of cruise the strip going back and forth. Every kind of car that you can imagine is just blowing past you. So what were we really down there for? We were looking for the F1. That has been the standard of which all of us have been measured and many still continue to be measured against. I had never seen one. That and the Vector. I still want to see a Vector W2 or W8. We were looking for the F1. We were looking for the, the, the F1 that has eluded us for 40 plus years of our lives that we, we hadn't seen up until this weekend. That's combined years, by the way. We're not that old. <laughs> So for both of us coming up in the same era, that was like the for you know one of the ultimate dream cars. That was the the poster on the wall car. I've seen that. You seen those? Mm -hmm. Oh god, you suck, you fucking empty son of a bitch. There used to be one in Scottsdale. Yep, I saw I saw them at the auctions last year. There were there were four, three of them, not not three W twos, but between the W two and W eight, there were there were three. So I got to see them. It was my first time seeing them. So in, the, right. in the span of a year, I got to see. Two or three so the look I just gave him when he said that's that's what that silence was. Uh, I was just kind of giving him a piercing look, a little jealous because for me the vector, the early vectors, those are my dream cars, and obviously the McLaren. And I had never seen a McLaren before, a McLaren F one. And so what happened? Well, we we heard that it was down in Carmel. So social yep. media is great because. You can get almost real time, like where this where this shit's happening, what's popping off where, and we had heard and saw some photos that it was in Carmel. So we head down to Carmel, we park, we walk around, we don't see it. We're like texting our sources, like, "Hey, where is this F one at?" They they're telling us it's like three blocks down. We walk around, up and down the side streets of this little town, and we can't find it. It's yeah. nowhere to be found. Although we came across some really cool shit, mm -hmm. we couldn't find the F1. So it was a little disappointing. In the, in the, but also, you were determined, though. Was he determined. was determined. It was, I was like, ready it was to like go a back. scavenger hunt for this F1. Mind you, that we've never, ever seen before, right? So, so we, we ended up um, you kind of... What did we do? We, we, we left. We, we, we jet out of there like uh, well, an we were, hour later, right? Yeah, you, we were prepared to walk into the dark forest... For eight blocks, because... Because someone said it was over there. Yeah, right? someone said it was yeah. over there. Yeah, and it wasn't. It wasn't there. It had left. It was gone. It, it went somewhere else, basically. Yep. So we jumped in the car, and we were looking for a gas station for some... You wanted a bottle of water or something. So we went toward Monterey from Carmel. We went toward Monterey. We're like, why don't we just go down to RM, and know, we know there's an F1 sitting outside the one that's being auctioned off, the high downforce kit gray silverish f1 that was sitting outside the conference center right so we're yep yeah, so we're driving down and i'm trying to focus on because i had missed the gas station because i'm really bad at that i'm focusing on turns and then all of a sudden you said there it is right there 
Is it, it's right there. It's right there. As you know, I was getting excited. I like a little kid in the candy store, right? Like we need to Trying go to open there. The door and roll okay. out like someone Hurry up and it. fucking park the car yes, so we can yes. get out of here and go. And uh, luckily, you were able to to find a spot right away because it's, it's kind of late, right? It was, it was late. We got a dream parking spot. It was right by a loading dock, but it was a legit parking spot. So you know, I parked like a boss, and we got out and we walked around the corner. You know, we saw a few cars outside of uh, Arm Sotheby's. Hope I'm saying that correctly. And and uh, well, there was a 575M out there. There was a 911, 993, 911 GT2. There was a uh, Vector, not the Vector that you like. Yeah, there like was the, a Senna. The, that was like the piece of shit M12. There was a... Um, the Brick Road. Might as well have the Yellow Brick Road. Where the 575M was on the right. And we come to the opening, and we are at the main entrance of this resort. What's the name of the hotel? It's the, um, oh, God, Palola, I don't know, something hotel. It's the one right connected the to fuck. the Monterey Conference Center. Yeah, whatever the fuck, the one where RM It's a great hotel. Yeah, yeah, it was super, so great, we can't remember the name. Yeah. We spent a lot of time in it, though, yeah, this we weekend. We did. And there it is right in front of us, underneath the lights, guardrails are on it, some guy who's guardian who has no earthly idea exactly no, there's there. like a micro machine out there too yeah i mean oh there was a career gt career gt yeah. it was all outside so we're walking through what no, he's guarding the dude had no idea i think somebody asked him like what car is this? he's like i don't know he was just there he's a security guard you know doing his job doing his job you know kind of uh watching over the mclaren but it was right there it was it just looked incredible in person right like it, it, when you walk up to it and you see it in pictures, it doesn't really kind of, uh, it doesn't really represent how wide, mm-hmm. like, the tires are and how kind of the proportions of the car, how perfect they are. So when you go up there, you just have to stare at it for, like, a few minutes before you say anything. You're like, wow, this thing is freaking insane. So for both of us, that was our first time ever putting eyes on, hey, can you stop moving around over there? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So it's the first time that we uh, both put eyes on the car and we looked at the car and then we slowly turned to look at each other. So we walked over and we just took a ton of photos and there was hardly anybody even out. So we had an unobstructed view, relatively unobstructed view to the car. It had the, the tan interior, literally lighter, lighter tan interior, almost yellow interior. Yeah, it's like you would never think like silver or gray. It's like kind of gray, right? Yeah. And like tan. Would look good and on any car other than this car, right? Like on any other car, one would gray and tan look good. I right. don't know. I don't. I don't think that's a good spec. But on it's, this car, it's it's at the it's a level. It's a color combo level to me that says class and money, but it's only reserved for the most exclusive sports cars, whether they're unobtainium or not. Like you're not gonna find that in a BRZ. Or an old school NSX like I have. You know, it's got to be something like a McLaren. Something that's time stamped in the 90s. You know, what's that other car? Like a Spiker. Spiker uses that color combo. Do they? Yeah, the Spiker C8s. You can get a kind of a pewter Spiker with kind of a light tan interior or almost like a damn orangey interior. And to me, it looks really good. Yeah, no, this looked freaking amazing. I mean, the coachwork, the, just the design, it was just perfect the way it was it was what yeah I, again i we had never seen an f1 before so we don't have much to kind of go off of but other than whoa it's a car that we dreamed of we don't give a fuck what color it is as long yeah. as we get to see it right kind of situation so after we spent five ten minutes in all of this vehicle that we had been looking for for a total combined of 20 something years of our lives you were determined to find the other one that was down there somewhere yeah so there's the white one that was also, but was that's in, the one we were chasing. We were Carmel. chasing that in Carmel, because we had heard it was there, and the owner had just left before we got to it, right? And so this is not just any McLaren F1, right? These are two variants of the McLaren F1 that are kind of the more rare variants called. Um, the and when you say Canada. rare, we're I mean the car is already rare as shit. Yeah, what's the so we got rare, rare production numbers are like a hundred something in the world production uh, yeah. road going. I'll look it up, but F ones, but these are the LM spec 
with the high downforce kit that was added to the car. So it has a splitter, different wheels, it has, has a, a higher fender. wing, has the vented movers on the, the front fenders and a bunch of other stuff, right? And so this, this, this is a little bit, a lot more rare than the, the regular road going McLaren. So we saw the one, we said, all right, where the hell is the other one, the white one that we've been looking for all night long? So I text a bunch of people and... And then you wandered off inside. I think you had to use the restroom. Yep. Now, I'll be honest, I'm getting tired because I'm on like an hour and a half, two hours of sleep. And so you disappear into the hotel resort. And so I round up Yoshi and we went inside to find you. So we're in there for a while, right? And then we're like, all right, well, let's go outside. And we went outside and looked, and it was like 100 yards in front of us. Yeah, so it was, I was right fucking there. Yeah, so I, I was on social media, and I was looking at, I uh, was on, on a chat, and one of my friends from the Porsche world, uh, Drew, shout out to uh, Cool Collective, he had just seen the white one, and he I texted him, and I said, where, 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 where was that? Where were you when you saw that, and how long ago was it? Right, exactly. And he said, it's at the Marriott. It was like... 20 minutes ago and i'm like shit where's the marriott like, where the fuck is the marriott like, where the fuck is this marriott like monterey marriott he didn't say yep. Mar- Mar- monterey marriott he just said marriott right? right so it could be anywhere so anyway we're outside we're talking and i'm like i think it's the marriott that's right here yeah right? like we're, we're like we look we look at the map we're like we're on top of it wherever it is it's right fucking next here. door yeah to the marriott from the monterey conference center like literally kitty corner so we we book it over to the Marriott, well, we crossed the street, right? Because it was across the street, and it was just literally was just there. sitting outside in the front in the valet. Could put your nuts on it. <laughs> There's a guy out there cleaning it with some griots. Spit sh- or, there was uh, nobody shine. else around. It was just parked <laughs> outside in front of the Marriott, chilling. The white version of the same car that was being auctioned on Friday night. So, but you guys, both of your 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 cell phones were dead. Yeah. So all this whole time, all night long, we're recording all this stuff because we're like freaking look, you know, basically neck breaking because we see an F fifty here, we see crazy cars over here. We we drain our battery down. There's nothing left in our battery. Zero percent. They die. I'm right? at eight percent by this time. And you're at eight percent. Yoshi's phone's dead. My phone just died after taking a million pictures of the first F one, and we walk over. And, and your phone's the only one that has juice in it, right? I got the power, yep. So we took the photos. I couldn't believe it. I mean, this was things... So you get from the stanchions that you can't get through for the silver one for auction. If you walk back eight feet and turn to the direction, it's in, the white one was in plain sight. I couldn't believe it was so close. Yeah. It, it, and for me, so there's a different story for everybody about why they like this car right i mean it's usually hey it was when i was growing up it was the car that like had the world record and top speed it was the you know one of the the, the hyper cars of the time or the supercars of the time that were basically just dominated for decades right it, it, and it was this beautiful car um low production numbers so it made it made it even more rare you never saw it out for me it it, it was that plus the fact that w- the whole reason I have my brand is because of cars like that, right? Yep. And so to be able to like create, and I started this brand about a year ago, so it was you know kind of on the notion of you know hey let's let's share this passion that we have for these cars from the eighties and nineties, and then what better car to actually see kind of materialize through this kind of you know brand that I've created than this car right and then literally for the rest of the weekend there were more cars that kind of added to the experience but it was such a cool moment to be able to see two of them within what 15 20 minutes of each other right right never seen one before never seen one before yeah man it was freaking mind blown talk about like mind being blown like literally no words right like i think we didn't really say too much to each other as we were kind of looking at the car because it was that kind of special moment you know and that wasn't it either, because it was time to go back. We had our pops. You know, we went to the bar, had a drink, mm-hmm. right? And then you got the Hibiki 17. Yeah. Poor Yoshi. Yeah. Then after that, we decided to... One of, you, one of you two pointed out the parking garage. It was Yoshi. Yoshi's like, hey, what's over here? 
It was the parking garage for the hotel. Right there. Yeah. So we walked into the parking garage and scattered amongst multiple levels. You know, several million dollars worth of cars. Not, I don't think several. I think like like tens to, tens of millions of dollars worth of cars. Cause there you go. The bottom, the whole bottom level was all Aston DB5, DB9s, DBSs from like the 60s and 70s, right? right. Just the whole bottom floor. You know, and then like every every floor after that was because we ran into three Ferrari F fifties, three two two, uh, two red reds ones. and a black and the midnight black one. Yeah, and there was a P one that was poorly parked in between a bunch of minivans. Yeah, upstairs. Upstairs, on like the fourth yeah. floor. So in between all these cars, there were like rental cars and local employee cars. You know, it was fucking crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. It's it was crazy because again. Think about it. We just saw one LM, or uh, one high downforce kit, McLaren F1. 15 minutes later, we see the white one. And then after like an hour, because we went in for a drink, we see two, three F50s, a P1, a 288 GTO, and a bunch of awesome other really super rare cars just in the parking garage itself of the hotel. That was like, and we would, we'd only been to in Monterey, what, like, five six hours at that point yep <laughs> so, it's like okay how's how's tomorrow gonna top this right so tomorrow would be the friday and we had one last thing to do thursday night before we drove all the way fucking back to the hotel we needed to get some food so we stopped oh, at denny's yeah yeah that was and a bad mistake denny's was bad yeah. there was a guy outside trying to grill on his little portable coleman lantern not lantern his his portable combing grill and yoshi was not happy with his meal you got cold coffee i got cold coffee he got whatever he got it came with one piece of bacon and one sausage (laughs) not two sausages or two bacon one bacon one sausage it was like the chef like made a sample for you it was a chef tasting at denny's in monterey yeah, that was that was ridiculous. I, I I'll never. I, I there was a reason why I haven't been to Denny's in like fifteen years, and I, it was the only thing open, right? At that. It was the only thing time. open. Everything closes early. Yeah, and we were super hungry. So whatever, we did it. We're done. We moved on, and that was that was our Thursday. That was Thursday, right? That was Thursday. Friday. I dropped the ball on this one, so I was able to get you guys into the Acura event, but I never thought to ask for a Quail Pass, because the last two years when I've gone to the event, it's come with a Quail Pass. So a week before the event, I decided to reach out to my contacts and say, hey, by the way, uh, am I getting a wristband? Actually, am I getting three wristbands? So they were able to wrestle me up one, and 950 bucks a piece, I wasn't able to get any more. But we went anyway and we tried to get in. So we, what we did is, you know, we hopped the shuttle bus. You're not supposed to be able to get on the shuttle bus without a wristband, but we were able to get... I put one of these guys in each pocket and got on. And so we get off the bus <laughs> and the thought was for me to go in and say hi, make the rounds. And in front of us, there was a group of guys that uh, were, we were talking about um, some of the cars that were parked in the parking lot. One of them was a Senna. And we, at that point, we had seen Senna's... Kind of all week, like the mm-hmm. first first day and a half, all over the place. Um, and then next to the center was an F fifty, parked right there. I think it was one of the F fifties from the night before. Actually, yeah. it was. It was actually now that I recall, it's it was the first F fifty ever built. Chassis 001 was right parked. Is it the one we saw tonight? Yep. Yep. It was parked right next to the center, right when we got off the bus. Now, are you sure that was an F fifty? Because those for our, those uh, Lamborghini experts, yeah, they were sitting with us on the bus talking very loudly about how much they have, and how they should host this event, and how they should be getting paid, or how they got charged for lending out their Lamborghini. Didn't seem to know. Yeah, they were Lamborghini guys for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then when we were walking by, I, w- I had been recording about how awesome this F fifty was on my Instagram. Um, and uh, one of the guys said, this is an F50, right? And he's just kind of talking to his like, buddy. Like, who the fuck doesn't know? <laughs> and I was like, kind of listening, and I kind of heard it, and I'm like, recording on my Instagram. I'm like, did you just really, did this guy just really fucking say, is this, ask if this is an F50? What world are you in? Yeah, nobody at this event 
doesn't know what that is. This is that type of event. Yeah, and so, uh, but anyway, it was it was really it's kind of funny. But then at the same time, I was kind of blown away that it was parked right there. Um, a guy, I guess, a guy from Boston owns it at Massachusetts license plate, but it was parked next to the setup. And then um, there were you know, cool. Uh, there was a Zagato parked not too far away from that, mm-hmm. which are you know you don't see those a lot. And it was the new Zagato based on the DBS, which looked absolutely beautiful. Um, there was the Porsche kind of experience, um, kind of not booth I would say, but setup. it was a it was a huge yeah, setup. It was a huge like, setup. Did they have anything on the inside? Or was everything yeah, they had outside? the Porsche Classic stuff, which uh, on display they had a nine nine three turbo that they had done some preservation on, which was really clean with like seven thousand miles on it. Uh, which by the way, by the way, like I don't know why people don't drive their Porsches. They should be driving. They're, Porsches, they're made to right? be driven. They're made right? to be driven. This one had 7,000 miles on it. It would have been new no matter what, but they did a preservation on it. It looked really nice. It was silver, silver on black. There was a... To my people, my people being Acura, and my other fellow NSX owners and whatnot. And so I walked into the event. The guys hung around outside. So you guys did basically what we're calling now is a parking lot tour. So what are some of the amazing things you guys saw in the parking lot? Because the parking lot, did you hear that? He said he forgot what blue it was because you're naming all, all these paint codes and all these model numbers <laughs> all weekend and you can't remember the name of the blue uh, of I, the car. I'm pretty sure it was, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to even make a mistake because if I, if I say something wrong on this podcast, all of my Porsche friends are going to be like, dude, what the fuck? Oh, the, the, yeah, the millions, yeah. Of li- the millions of downloads and listeners to this podcast are going to be disappointed with you. Yeah, yeah I will. Good, good I will I, by the end of this podcast, I will get you the, the blue color, but I can't make that mistake because I'll get how were the snacks because i heard one of you two just snacked it was good it was good yeah yoshi went in there i was a little bit kind of like i'm still not sure because we first of all we snuck on the bus we didn't have a wristband (laughs) we weren't supposed to be on the bus we weren't supposed to get past the checkpoint and we're in the kind of outside check pre-check-in area of the quail and you know there's this porsche kind of setup where they're serving food and kind of giving drives, right? And I'm like, I don't know if we need to be in here. They're going to check our shit. Like, we're going to get kicked out with the quicks. So we walk in, kind of like asking questions and talking to the, the guys that are doing this, kind of uh, hosting the stands of the cars and stuff. And then we eventually make it into the little eating area. Okay. And it kind of looks like, okay, everyone, there's nobody here kind of watching. So let's just casually kind of walk around and pretend like we should be here. I go to look at the car and Yoshi goes straight for the food. <laughs> he didn't even think I'm fucked. He was like, I'm hungry, man. I'm like, dude, all right, go eat. I'm going to go over here. And, you know, because I'm always kind of worried about this kind of shit. Like, people would be like, hey, Eric starts backing up and just yeah. dis- dis- immediately distancing himself. I'm like, this motherfucker is eating. I'm like, oh shit, he's getting some good food. I'm like, is it good? So I, I grab a seat outside and he's chomping on some food. Uh, and then the whole time I'm still feeling like we shouldn't be there, but. Was filled. Yeah, no, it was filled. Crazy fucking cars. It was. It was. Uh, so we got out the bus, two point seven RS, which is a super for those that are not Porsche heads, is the original RS um, from the seventies. Um, super, super rare, highly desirable. They auctioned off at one million plus, right? Um, there's there, and this one was a beautiful blue color. I forget what blue it was. Um, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yoshi. Absolutely, you should be there. And then, I mean, these are the type of events where if there's food out, it's for the taking. Yeah. No, it, was, it wasn't just like regular food. It was like good-ass food. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what they have to do at these type of events. Yeah, I don't think they can fuck around. I mean, I mean I've Mr. never Porsche, been to the quail, so. right? Like, it's, a, yeah. it's hard to, like, describe for those that have never been there what caliber and what ambiance it is. Yeah. Uh, you, I mean, you, maybe you can comment on that, like when you got inside. But on the outside, it was like, yeah, people were dressed up real nice. Uh, even though there were some people kind of a little bit more ca- on the casual side, but usually the ones that are more on the casual side are the ones that had the most money. Seems like <laughs> right? it. But it was really cool. It was really cool, like the parking lot vibe when we got out, and and I know that we were trying to get in, and you went in ahead of us, and we decided to kind of do our own thing, right? Yeah, so just to, you know, so when you walk into the quail, the first thing you see after they check your credentials are two bars. And their only job is to continuously fill up all the champagne flutes. 
So when you walk in, you say, hey, how you doing? And they're like, oh, yeah, welcome to the quail. And you say, okay, I'm glad to be here. And you grab your champagne flute, all hooty tooty. You take a selfie with it, and you start walking and looking at all the cars. There's a lot of freaking cars. I didn't spend a lot of time looking at anything this year. I mean, the, one of the first things I saw were more McLarens, F1s, yeah. by the way, which was fucking <laughs> mind-blowing. So you be, you were at the Quail last year. And the year, were you at the Quail the year before that, yeah, too? Yeah, And you didn't see any McLaren Nothing. F1s there. Nothing. And then this year, no, you see, there's yeah. like four inside. Yep. They had, the first year, they had like eight or nine Koenigseggs, all different colors, right there as soon as you walk in. And they have... Uh, 17 or 18 um, Paganis. But... Pagani. Yeah, but I don't care. Pagani, Pagani. Yeah, I mean, they're cool. I mean, I like them a lot, but, you know, no F1. Now, they've had F1s out here before. They just had one at Pebble Beach, I think, last year, the year before. They had a blue one, like a dark blue one. Yeah. I didn't get to see it because yeah, I, I, really cool. I still haven't been to Pebble. But... Um, yeah, I didn't spend a lot of time inside. I spent enough time to grab food, though, twice. But other than that, I didn't spend a lot of time on the inside. So what all did you guys see on the outside? Well, the outside definitely wasn't as, as interesting, I'm sure, as the inside. But um, we made it interesting, right? We So Yoshi and I were kind of just, at, for a few, what, half an hour, we were inside that pre-check-in area. So with mind you, the pre-check-in area is uh, within a secure checkpoint. You know, So once you leave the secure checkpoint... And we didn't know this until until we we left it. You can't get back in unless you have your wristband, and we didn't have wristbands. You were the only one that had. So you guys, you basically, you, you stranded yourself down the hill. Yeah. So we were like, oh, let's go out in the parking lot and go check out the cars because we had heard that in the parking lot itself there's still some pretty dope cars. So uh, we were done there, and we walked across the bridge, and we passed, and we didn't know. Again, we passed the security checkpoint, and then we realized, like almost like immediately after. I don't think you could get in without a band, without a wristband because they were checking them, right? Yeah. So we're like, oh fuck. Well, let's just go and and basically tool around the parking lot. So we spent the better part of how long were you inside? A couple hours. Probably. Yeah. The whole time you were inside, <laughs> we were outside exploring the quail uh, parking lots essentially, um, and we got to I think we came across some some pretty. Cool there were some nice cars yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like, on a normal cars and coffee, and where we're from in Scottsdale, Phoenix, it was like the caliber of cars, maybe even better in the parking lot than we have. Yeah. And yeah. our cars and coffee, which is really good, right? Yeah. Mind you, like we have some awesome shit in Scottsdale, and I felt like the parking lot there had like, good as good or better stuff. So I mean, we were we were walking around. So what did we see? We saw. Nine five nines that were just chilling on the grass. And those right? are Porsches for Porsche you people. Porsche nine five nines, um, a couple of them. We saw a uh, some really nice um, McLarens, uh, the modern McLarens, some MSO McLarens, bunch of SVs and SVJ Lamborghinis. But then we all, we we kind of came across some some really cool shit on the other side. We came across a, a real yellow bird roof, yellow bird Porsche, which was just chilling there. Which was awesome. And there was the F40 down at the end. And then, we, and then we were like, oh, we think there's an F40 GT just down the road a little bit. Again, this whole weekend has been about like kind of hunting for certain cars, right? So we, this car, um, I think DK Engineering imported it or brought it over from the UK. It was parked down the road and it was an F40 GT. And so we walked, I don't know, like a quarter of a mile. Uh, to go look for it and we, and we ended up finding it right it was just parked in a parking lot in the corner spot nondescript nobody was paying attention to it um and that was that was probably the coolest part of our our uh, little adventure out in the parking lot is, is coming across that f40 gt we probably spent half an hour just taking pictures and hanging out around it. it's so cool so we packed up our shit and we went to carmel we went back to carmel this time during the day a little yeah. chilly got a prime parking spot Spent a couple hours walking up and down, found a nice little Asian place, found Wonder Woman's invisible car. Um, a lot of cool shit going on there. Yeah, Carmel is, uh, I mean, again, like uh, that time of the day, nobody was there when we got there, right? Nobody. Everybody was still at the Quail and all the other events. So when we got there, there was a parking spot 
we got to sit down in a restaurant and eat. There was literally nobody in there, um, have a meal. And by the time we were done, it's like maybe six, five thirty ish. Then people started to, to arrive. Right. And we, we walked out just in time for like the parade of cars starting to, to come into Carmel. That was a treat. So yeah. we got done with Carmel. We're running a little low on fumes. It was cold. It was so we wanted cold. to come back all the way, all the way, all the way back to this hotel, change clothes, put on some jeans, and go back out. So what happened was, and the McLaren, on our way back out, came up for auction. Yep. The auction had started. So Eric pulls it up on his phone, and we start listening to the hammer prices, the silver McLaren, the auction started and it kind of sputtered a little early. And yeah. so they were, they were looking for this thing. You know, there were thoughts that this thing would go up, the, up, you know, upwards of 26 million or so. Right. By the time it was over, the hammer price was 18 million. 18. Yeah. So I think it was supposed to get up at least more than 21 for sure. Right. Um, and who, I mean, everybody thought it was going to get that easy. Right. And, yeah. you know, we've been at auctions in Scottsdale where the highly desirable cars, they fly off like from the very beginning. Once the auction starts, the numbers jump fast, right? And if, this, if there were anywhere in the country for something to go for its expected hammer price, it would be here. Here, here in Monterey, uh, you know they did set a record last. I think it was last year with the Ferrari that they auctioned for like forty-four million or something like that. Um, yeah, and so you know you thought you know. 19, 20, 21 million that, you know, I thought it was going to go fast, but it was a little bit of a slow buildup from, I think it started at like 17 or 16 million. It went anywhere from 16 to 18 and after it hit 18, they uh, were begging, uh, they were begging for 17. a long time. After like 17, 17, five, it was like, it took a little while to get to 18. Right? So the one that Mr. Bean had sell a couple of years ago. So Mr. Bean, the comedian, this was in 2015. His vehicle, his McLaren F1 had been wrecked twice, and it the hammer price was twelve million. So the one that and that was a ninety seven car. So the one that went this weekend was a ninety four. Ninety four. Ninety four. So to think that it would go twenty million seemed to be like just a given. Like if I had the money, which I don't, I would have happily paid twenty million dollars for that vehicle. It was later found that it was negotiated so that. It didn't go for its reserve, so the seller and the winning bidder worked out a deal toward the final price. It was, what, $19.8 million. But I was shocked that it didn't even make it's at least at least $20 million. Yeah, now, I think everyone was shocked. I mean, the room was quiet. It was like, I think maybe people were surprised, right? And so, um, yeah, I think it's still good. I don't know what the... Going rate is for a high downforce kit F one LM uh, spec is, but I think uh, they probably got a decent deal whoever bought it right for for that amount of money when it was supposed to go for more. So how does that work out? So imagine being the guy who wins the bid, right, or gal, and you're like, I just freaking stole this for eighteen million. Hammer price sold eighteen million, and the seller reaches out to you and they say, you know, I was kind of looking for, I don't know, 20 million, 21 million. How about we find a way to meet in the middle for 19.8? So someone, they reach out to you and they ask you to pay an extra $2 million. That's crazy. I mean, what's $2 million to somebody that has that kind of fucking what's money, What's $2 right? million dollars to fuck your money? Right. So I wonder, because that car came from New Zealand, right? Mm-hmm. The guy, the the previous owner or the owner uh, owned it for 12 years, had a great time with it. He might have actually gotten into an accident with it once, right? I'll have to look it up. But, um, but you know, he owned it for 12 years. And I wonder, I wonder how much he paid for it, right? I'm guessing he probably paid like $5 million for it because originally brand new, I think they're about a million, a little, a little under. Uh, with that spec, maybe it's a, it goes a little bit over a million. But now at 20 or at 18, and then it, I think they ended up with like 19-something negotiating it up. Yeah, 19.8. That's the number they came across today. You know, that's, that's crazy, man. The, the guy made out no matter what. And then this guy who bought it, guy or gal who bought it, 
I'm sure it will keep it for a, a little while longer. And who knows, maybe in the next decade or so, that thing is, you know, $10 million more than it was to the, tonight or last night. It's crazy. So I just looked up and the some of the other vehicles that we were listening to, like that ugly 1996 Vector M12, its hammer price was 120000 but it's still for sale. So whatever the reserve was, it didn't meet the reserves, which means that the seller does not have have to actually sell the vehicle. So that M12 is still available. Are you talking about the um, Vector? The Vector, yep. Yeah, nobody wants Because we heard on the... <laughs> yeah, nobody wants that car. Of course, it's ugly. You know, so that basically was our, was our Friday. But the big day, especially, I think, for, for Eric, being who he is, being with the last era brand, and he just knows everything about these motorsports cars, that all I know is if I, if the car looks cool or not, if the, if the livery on it is cool or not, if it's driven by Acura or not. But he knows everything about these Porsches. He's pointing out these, you know, these these Ferraris a lot more about it than than I do than I'll ever know. I don't know uh, everything about it, but I will tell you that uh, I like to retain little bits of information that I think are cool to talk to people about. So the stuff you know, the stuff that maybe you and I would just casually talk about that could be interesting about cars, or the stuff that I care like maybe about when I when I look at a car, right? Like. So I, I, you know, these cars, like, so all day long. Um, basically anything that goes around a racetrack, he knows. And it's, it's like this kind of from literally pre-war cars to Formula One from the 60s all the way up to the 80s to the IMSA, the Group C cars of the 80s. Overwhelming. It's like the modern prototype stuff and everything in between was there today, right? Like... I think nine classes of cars, motorsport. Uh, I think it's called uh, it's called Rolex Motorsport Reunion, right? Yep. So we wanted to show him a good time. We wanted to make sure he got a good experience. But uh, but yeah, so those cars are basically what the brand, my brands, are really all about, right? Like focusing on those types of those race cars. Some people arguably will say going into the quail and seeing all those cars. But now going into a place and seeing all these cars on a track, right? And the yep. cars that you saw either growing up or even now, um, basically racing in person live. And it was Yoshi's first time at uh, any, any sort any of organized sort of live race. Yeah. And it was at Laguna Seca, which is kind of cool for him. So we wanted to, I want, you'd been there before. And I understand the argument that. The Laguna Seca, you know, just the going anytime during this event is the best time out here because the the level of cars is so different. You know, like like you were saying, you have legit, mostly retired race cars versus you're not going to see anything like that at the Quail unless they happen to roll them in and have a you know a special roll of them. So it's, there's something for everybody out here. So we get up this morning, we're driving out. It's cold as shit. Right, it's, it's like sprinkling a little bit, and we don't know if it, you know, if we need umbrellas. We all got our hoodies on. It takes a while to get to the track. Beauty everywhere. The the weather is off and on, but we get there, and it's just yeah. I mean, it, even though it was overcast, you know, there's a marine layer in the mornings here. You know, it's sprinkling. Just the whole track is such a. I mean, Laguna Seca is just views right everywhere. And you know the the mounds or the hills and the the elevation changes of the track, and just seeing it everything from like different vantage points, it's it's pretty cool for somebody who's going there for the first time. I think right or even coming back, it's it's really cool. Um, and then as you kind of walk in and you hear all the noises, the sounds of the engines, and then the smells, and then just the the whole kind of ambiance. Um, with with the um, how many people actually are t- were attending um, makes it you know even better right you 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 know that you're gonna be in for a, a pretty fun day. By the way, buy your tickets ahead of time because if you go on a Saturday, it's yeah. 120 bucks. We made sure we got our money's worth today because the last time I was at this event when I went to Laguna, I wasn't there for very long, just there long enough to say hi to people and leave yeah i mean you i think you most people if not all people will get their money's worth there because there's so much going on right so um with with this kind of event and i've been at other events at laguna Sica, you know you have 
the different parts of the the uh, the track essentially uh, that you can experience. There's the the pits, which is my one of my favorite parts. Walking through the pits as the different race car teams are preparing their cars to get on the track. Then there is the manufacturer kind of row where the different manufacturers have booths that are set up and they have you know cars displayed and they have you know all of their kind of marketing and their kind of what they're pushing at the time whatever car that is they have that kind of set up and they have a bunch of cool giveaways and cool experiences around that um you know sometimes they they're revealing new cars like today there was a ca the ca corvette in the in the chevy booth then there is the um kind of vendor area which is also a really cool experience um, yeah so let's paint the picture for you guys so we're walking in and when eric says pit areas and access areas like legit there's not nothing's roped off so there's no security telling you please stand back the only people tell you to please stand back are the safety crew when they're when cars are legit pulling out of their pits and pulling back into the pits you have to keep your head on a swivel but you can walk up if you want you can lay down on a car not recommended but you can lay down on a car and take a photo now no one would be happy but that's just how light the security is and you i mean i've been there where and i like going in early in the morning because you can talk to the the, the people who are preparing the race the techs and even the drivers that are going to prepare the race car for the for the session and you know just talking to them you know they're happy to to talk to anybody and asking questions about the cars themselves and learning a little bit more about it and then actually like getting up close to the cars like literally knowing nobody will tell you to to step away most of the time you can literally walk up to the car get as close as you want and just check it out which in uh, to me i think that's still kind of crazy that you can do that on a lot of these cars because they're like million dollar machines they're out there racing right there's a lot of there's a lot of shit that um i'm sure uh could could go wrong with like people just kind of hand being handsy with cars but they're totally cool with it and i think that's the best part of the experience so walking access. in like what was the first thing that fucking blew your mind because you've been to that track before you were down with like Rinspar, right yeah but yeah. just today because you know you had said earlier we're walking around you had not quite seen the same variety of vehicles all condensed into one track event yeah, so yeah, I think it's the variety. The variety for sure, right? Like for sure, the fact that you can see IMSA, Oopsie, Formula One, all of these different racing leagues, essentially. Okay, so with, with all that being said, what was your favorite vehicle in the paddocks today? And man, why? why? And why? Oh, gosh, man, there were... There's probably a favorite of every era, but if you just ask me for one favorite, I would probably say... So if you were going to tag it to the last era brand. Oh, like what represents the yeah, last era? Oh, yeah, well, or... it's easy. That's easy. The Porsche 962 is like easily probably one of the more most dominant uh, car race cars of all time, right? And then it happens to be a Porsche and it happens to be... Um, a, a, a class of racing group C racing that I basically is probably one of my favorite classes of racing of all time so Porsche 962 there were a lot of them today from a bunch of different race teams and they were all running and I we got to see it for a, a little while uh, up at the corkscrew but that would probably be my big my big pick for my favorite race car today so it was like the purple one Right. The purple one, which was the wins, the Canepa Motorsport had a couple of them. They had the, the purple one, the wins livery one. They had the Canon uh, white one. Um, and then there was a Layton House uh, livery, the blue one that we took a picture of uh, at the end. Um, that was cool to see in person. I had never seen that livery up close. Uh, actually, there are two wins, um, 962s. So there were, there were, there were a couple um, that were there today. That was awesome to see. Because this is their first time they're doing the exotics on Broadway before the exotics on Cannery Row. So they had this really elaborate setup, you know, so you can, you know, park and take a shuttle. And that wasn't quite as smoothly as I think that they would have liked or we would have liked. We spent a lot of time waiting for the shuttle. It was a lot further away than we thought. But once we finally get the, to the event, it's crazy. So 
anything and everything you ever would have seen throughout the entire week is there available for the public. What is your takeaway from Exotics on Broadway, and what would you like to see improved in the future? So the whole, the whole weekend was about getting here and experiencing all the stuff that was Car Week, right? So we, we didn't get all the way, I didn't get all the way into Quail, but we, we got a sense for what that was all about, and hopefully next year we'll be able to go just to, to say we did it and to experience it. But I think the whole Exotics on Cannery Row, Exotics on Broadway thing was one of those events that, you know, you had to experience, right, as a first-timer. Especially as, so this is the only major event that's available to the public. Yeah, it's free, it's available to the public, um, and so they bring out the best cars, right? Like you were saying yesterday that everything, not everything, but a lot of the cars that were at the Quail will be at Exotics on Cannery or Exotics on Broadway. And so... That's exciting. We were super amped about getting to see some of the stuff that we couldn't see the day before. Um, but I thought overall was it was fun uh, because we got to hang out and see these cars. You know, I think the fact that there were so many people made it challenging to kind of get around. You know, it's kind of like being at Disneyland on like 4th of July where you're trying to like make your way right. to all the rides that you want to kind of ride and then you want to get there before anybody gets there. But there's just people everywhere. And so... If you're trying to get content, if you're trying to take photos, that's that that's almost impossible without get somebody getting in the way. But seeing some of the cars that were there, it was like top notch, right? High quality stuff, well run show. It was just really hard to get around, man. Like there was just so many people. Yeah, because people weren't moving; they were just stopping and staying. And you know, part of that was being you know starstruck at the level of the vehicles that were there. Part of that was just people. A lot of times they aren't aware of; they're not self aware. And aware of their surroundings, which is like one of my major pet peeves. You know, like I was walking and I had some old lady just stop right in front of me and start to hold a conversation with I would assume her her grown grandson. I'm kind of looking at him like, are you you fucking realize this is yeah. like just slamming on the brakes in the middle of a, of, of, of a rush hour traffic. You know, or people would just be posted up on the end instead of just look at your shit and fucking move on. Yeah, everyone's on their fucking phones, right? Like, so Everyone. I mean, and and that's cool, but when it's tight, and then your point to your point, like, there's a lot of people everywhere. There's it's easy to like bump into people and just accidentally like you know getting somebody shot, right? There was probably a billion times where I was like probably in like so many people's shots. Yoshi got a got a cool shot. What was that? What was that, Yoshi? He got the the Lambo pulling out. And the girl asking, uh, yelling the guy's name who drove. Oh yeah, that was a pretty shot. <laughs> that was some Japanese underskirt shot kind of shit, right? Uh, wasn't it, or was that a different? Yeah, shot? Unintentional. Uh, yeah, completely yeah, unintentional. Yeah, yeah, if you guys could ever, could see it, you you it was it was one hundred percent unintentional. But overall, it's not from from an organizer. The organizer did a great job. It's just you know you live and learn, and you know next year will be an even better event. And, and that essentially capped our weekend off. We went to go see Adam Corolla, who was a guest of um, Acura and a, and a big uh, influence of mine and one of my, I guess, podcasting idols. Uh, I think we're all kind of tired from walking around all day. Yeah, we were beat. It was a long day. Um, I think the only thing keeping us going at the end there was adrenaline, right? We, we, we wanted to, like, basically see all these cars because they had to, you know, they had a coat up. Uh, ton of Koenigseggs had to just yes. go out. Yes. All the F50s were together. They had the D Tomasa was out there. Um, the P72. Um, they had uh, Centenario, right? That was out there. Mm-hmm. Um, every McLaren, every Lamborghini Aventador version, every Huracan version. It seemed like it. Yeah, and uh, it was uh, it was just nuts, man. Just having all that stuff out there and it was just you know, it was cool to see kids like that that don't see those cars all the time just basically having access to them that was really cool yep um so i applaud i applaud the the event for for giving bringing that kind of level out there for for the kids to enjoy and i thought you know you could see they were having a good time man you know yeah regardless of like our our kind of frustration of being able to navigate the crowd the kids yeah it fucking sucked they were they were loving <laughs> it man yeah the kids loved it yeah. and all the people loved it and it's good for them it fucking sucked for us but at the same time yeah there was a lot of cool freaking cars out there and i saw more out at exotics 
on Broadway than I saw when I was in the quail because I didn't really look for anything in the quail. And a lot of those cars, to be honest with you, or some of those cars, wouldn't you wouldn't see them in the quail. Really? Yeah, yeah. You'd just see them going down Carmel, revving and popping and making a lot of noise. Yeah. Oh, you mean like, your, like the Lamborghini, Huracans, yeah. and yeah. stuff like that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, those those type of cars, because the quails, is, it's kind of a, a purist type event. So, um, yeah, I want to thank you for coming coming through, um, spending the weekend with me out here in, in Monterey, you and Yoshi, two of my really good friends. So you want to tell people how they can follow the last air brand and what, what it's, you know, what they can get. Yeah. You can go, uh, follow us on Instagram at last era brand. Um, I'm posting, uh, pretty frequently, you know, I would love everybody's support. If you are all about that kind of life where you love cars from the eighties and the nineties, whether it be cars or race cars or drivers, even follow us. Um, we're, we're a motorsport culture. Uh, we're curating and refining it for the enthusiasts that kind of love that period of racing and cars on Facebook uh, and on lastairband.com if you want to pick up some of our gear that we uh, we put out there. So That's hats, shirts, uh, hoodies. Apparel mostly now, accessories. Underwear, <laughs> socks, joggers, <laughs> shoes. Okay, so not some of that stuff. Not, I'm so, sure not it's yet. We'll get to that stuff, but we're we're a new brand and you know, we're, we're learning and we're growing and we appreciate everybody who supports us. So. And that's literally at L-A-S-T-E-R-A-B-R-A-N-D, last era brand and then if you want to follow eric on his personal page you can read him at eeps 993 because he has a 993 porsche and by the way it is porsche not porsche so that's one thing you take away from this porsche 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 that's eeps 993 so for eric paja yoshi suka this is jay finney you can follow me at na2nsx Please like, subscribe, tell a friend. You can also reach us as hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. I want to thank you guys for coming through. Yeah, thanks, brother, for having me. Appreciate it. Shut up!